previously on the Soulless Citadel. Um, Methuselah, how, how did you do that? Mage hands. Yes, but where's your hand hands? Oh, it's, it's, um, here, and I'm gonna just wave my <laughs> As a arrow hits Methuselah, two goblins are shooting arrow now at you guys. Thorn is gonna peek his head through the door and in goblin say, Hey, hey you down there! It's it's Thorn Semperference. Do you remember me? I I think I've heard you before. When's fine? You cannot keep your composure with the clear mention of your late father's name. Probably starts laughing completely maniacally. I'm so sad. I want to play a fun game. I, I want to have fun. Anything to take take away any pain. Fun and pain take away, that's all you have to say. And with it, Thorn collapses on the ground. Thorn is unconscious, but Thorn is in a marvelous dream. And the song that I play is a sad song uh, in memory of the dead goblin. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Within the darkness of this room, the short rest concludes. You guys are feeling a little bit better. Thorn is a little bit more composed. Yes. During the short rest, Seeker is going to take out one of their um, cat toys and play with it and just say a little prayer to the cat lady that they'll find faith and that it'll be all okay again. Yeah. You do so. You feel warmth as you know the cat lady is looking over you. How was my disguise holding up with like my makeup now that I was crying, I dived around a bunch of liquid? How was my disguise holding up? Due to the tears, it was a little bit compromised. But lucky for you, not only was the role for the disguise and good enough to still hold majority of it also meeple is too dumb to realize them the differences meeple is more concerned with Nepo than how Nepo looks Aww. 
Yeah, I think when Thorn is back awake, he's definitely gonna, like, try to be more composed. He's gonna have, like, his classic smile. And he'll probably stick pretty close to Meepo. Just because he's like, you were comforting me, therefore I'm gonna stick by you. And he doesn't have the same energy he does usually, but he's definitely not in a complete state of freak out anymore. Alright, and with that, what do you guys do? Well, how is everyone feeling? Are we are we well rested? Well, I think I'm feeling a lot better now that I sat down and I had a little bit of time to pray to the cat lady. But what about everybody else? I believe that I'm feeling all right. Uh, we should see about our plan of action. <laughs> Someone thinks that that maybe going forward now, let's let's do our best to talk to the goblinses. Someone can talk to them. Yes, I I do agree. I think that's a good idea. I think we should definitely try talking rather than hurting them. Thorn knew those goblinses, and they did say something that that made Thorn a a little upset. But Thorn thinks that that maybe they are just being being a little stubborn, and and we can definitely talk to them. How did you uh, know these goblins, if you don't mind me asking? There is a long pause from that question. For you guys, it feels like Thorn has frozen solid inside Thorn's head. There's not only the fact that you do not notice time passing through, it is also the voice, the echo in the back comforting you in a almost possessive way. Do not cry. Do not linger here. Breathe. Breathe. Breathe, my thorn. It is just silence for you guys. Well, maybe we should avoid this sort of question. I I don't think this is a very good topic for thorn. Yeah, I I think we should mostly focus on making sure that he's alright and can continue. What do you think, Mortis? Has he ever done this before? Like, responded this way? Well, in the time that I've known him, he doesn't really talk about his past much, so... Might be a bit of a sensitive subject. Uh, For now, let's just try to keep his mind at ease. And then Mortis is gonna go up to Thorn and like slowly put a hand on 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 his shoulder, just be like, "Thorn, are, are you all right?" Upon impact of Mortis's hand, Thorn's spell is broken. Um, the stupor that froze Thorn—it's shaken—and Thorn remembers that. He is talking to their companions. Oh, yes, yes. What, what were we talking about again? So Thorns, I mean, uh, Nepo is, is just having a little bit of, of a hard time uh, understanding the question. 
Or it's just like gives Meepo a side glance as like oh he's like oh shit, I forgot we were doing that. Um, hello Meepo. Ah, I'm here. Meepo is really better, eh? Okay, good. He didn't notice. Um, well, uh, Thorn, we were just talking about uh, moving forward, and if you are ready. Yes, uh, uh, Nepo is, is ready to keep going with with Nepo and all of his friends. All right, I think we're in agreement then. Uh, who who wants to lead the way? Mortis, do you want to lead the way? Someone was actually thinking if maybe these can lead the way because I'm the one who knows the goblinses. Are you sure that you'll be all right to lead though? You know, in case we get attacked, you'll be the first one to get hit. Well, I could... We will be right beside Mortis. And that way is that if we are attacked, maybe they will hit his big shell. Sounds agreeable to me. I will watch your back. I just pats Thorn on the head. Back to the hallway that you guys cleared up before. Where the caltrops were previously. Now swept by Methuselah and into the room again that you guys fought the goblins. Um, there was another door uh, there inside of that room. So it's towards that door. When they, the goblins left, did they like leave the door open or did they shut it on the way out? They did shut, but there was no sound following it that would indicate that it was locked or something. It was just run past close it behind and continue running. Could I like go up to it and kind of listen behind it to see if there's anything? Yep. You guys go through the hallway past the little palisade that they created. And with ease, you guys get to that door. Methuselah puts their ear to the wooden door and you can do a perception check for that. Can Seeker also put their ear to the door and help Methuselah out with that? I'll allow that. 22. Hey. Nothing close to the door can be heard, but you get a little sense of small movement. So it might be further out from the door. When we made our way down the hall, did Thorn notice the blood on the ground? Unfortunately, with a passive perception of nine, Thorn is too distracted to notice the changing discoloration on the ground. Yeah, he's probably like just right behind the others and watching as they inspect the door and getting himself ready if something pops out. How do you guys go about the door? Uh, I'm gonna look at kind of everyone else and be like, well, this next area doesn't seem like there's much sound, but there is some movement that might be a little farther in, so it could be the goblins or something else. Alright, do you think we should proceed? Like, of course we'd be cautious, but do you think it would be safe to proceed? Oh, I think we'll be alright. Can Thorns try to say something down the hall first, or, or do we want to go quietly? I think maybe we should go into the next room and see what's there and then because it seems like whatever noise this is might be further in okay then let's go in quietly roll a stealth check for me it can be a group stealth check 19 thorn got an 18 more just got a five 
Natural 20. In his old age, Mortis may be a little bit more on the... Oh, let's go there. Wow. Over being more mindful of how he goes there. But luckily, the team helps you out. And you guys are able to gingerly open the door and notice what is ahead. Right after the door, there is a hallway. No more than a few feet further in. But clearly, it turns to the right-hand side. You can see this because of the shadow that the light of your torch emanates. Getting close to that corner, the light of the torch illuminates what seems to be the entrance without a door, but like an open entrance to another big room. And you see against the wall what seems to be little straw target practices, those circular ones. And there is a bunch of arrows sticking from these straws. Some cracked on the ground because it hit the wall instead of the straws targets. And they are littering the cobblestone as well. And this is the general sense that what you can see and perceive from this angle. But now it's quiet too. Quieter than it was from when you were listening behind the door. Can I look around the area to see if there's any evidence that Faith has been there? Like paw prints or anything? Or like shoe treads? I'll say that as of right now, it doesn't have any indication. Okay. There is multiple footsteps. With your passive perception, you would be able to notice that there's multiple footsteps. Not only your own, but goblins as well. Okay, anything bigger than a goblin? Not right now. Okay. Walking in into this room with the target practice against the wall, you notice the following. The room opens to a very big room. There is a door halfway through the room that leads to another room. This door seems to be closed. In the end of this room that you currently just entered, there is a rustic made platform that reaches up about eight feet. And lastly, you see eight goblins waiting for you guys to enter this room, pointing arrows that has been notched and there's just one of them standing taller than the others because the others are kind of leaning or kneeling. And that one just speaks up and speaks up in common, not in Goblin. Hey, you enter into our territory and we know that you're bringing that exiled thorn. Give out. We have about eight arrows pointed at you guys. Put down your weapons, throw it ahead of you so we can bring you and tie you up or we'll ring arrows at all of you. I just want to let everyone know, Seeker does see the benefit in being like, 
taken away, but at the same time, they don't want to be taken away because they're like, if I don't have any weapons, how am I supposed to break us out of here, you know? Does Thorn recognize the goblin that just spoke to us? Roll an intelligence check with advantage. I got a natural 20 plus 2, so it's 22. Damn. You not only recognize the one speaking to you, you recognize at least five other faces. These were people that, in a previous life, they were providing food for you, giving help to your dad, sewing cloth with your late mom. They are now all with angry faces on. They don't have that soft look to them anymore. You recognize them, but at the same time, you don't recognize them. With that in mind, Thorn will step forward and try to make himself look as small as possible, as unopposing as possible. And he'll say this in Goblin, because in my mind, that's what he's most comfortable communicating with. It's more like in his element. And he'll say, there's no need to fight. There's no need to fight. We, we don't want to fight. Thorn, Thorn knows that he was exiled. Yes, but a long time ago for for reasons that that were not very fair to Thorn and his his family. But Thorn does not want to fight. Weezes only come to to rescue some peoples who, who've been taken. And and we do not want to hurt anyone's. In Goblin he replies back. And from this point on, you guys do not understand the, the speech. Silence you now put it you and your trouble make your father out of the tribe for being uncareful for being unsafe now we stronger for Grell Nell's son is leader and we now protect our own we now do not hide anymore and Grell has a big, strong wife that protects us and gives us more strength. She was the one that found this place. She gave us strength and make pact with strong, powerful druid. We now serve druid and get stronger much more than before. You now make trouble again. Grell and the powerful Durna will judge your fate if not given to Druid. Now do what I said. Put down weapons. Thorn will respond in Goblin. When Thorn speaks again, it's in not a completely different voice, but it's a lot softer than what people are used to. And it seems less erratic. And he does reply in Goblin and he goes, When my father and I left, we left because we wanted to learn about the outsiders, the people that 
weren't like us, the people that weren't like our tribe. And yeah, they'd see us as monsters, but now that I've met a lot of other people, I realized that they judge us based off of our actions and not who we are. There'll always be people who judge us, but that doesn't mean we have to do bad things or be subservient to some great force. We can do better, and I think that we can work together instead of hurting others because we're angry. We were before, but Durna gave us strength. Grell brought us out of hiding. We not subservient anymore. People don't judge us. People fear us. Now, do what I say. And then he changes his voice back to common. You all do what I say or you will be shot. I take it it didn't go well then. Thorn says in common and surprisingly still in that same softer voice. I'm sorry, guys. I tried to convince them, but they're not listening. That's all right, Thorn. Uh, we still don't have to hurt anybody. We can we, we can get through this. Fire! <laughs> they shoot. Let's roll full initiative. Uh, 17. 21. 16. I also got a 16. Top of the round, one of the goblins. Motherfucker. This guy just, that's what he does best. Uh, the arrow has already notched it, so all that he does is to loosen it. Everybody's in the open except for Meeple, who is just around the corner. The arrow flies, and as it does, it connects with one of the exposed areas of Mortis. Digging into him, causing a total of four piercing damage. Roll a constitution saving throw for me. Nine. Water tank. Your muscles just starts to tense. They start to become more difficult to move as unfortunately the poison within the arrow starts to take effect and you become paralyzed. Methuselah, your turn. So Methuselah is a little bit caught off guard by seeing Mortis just go kind of like paralyzed in just one hit. And so he's gonna drop the torch and swing around Yorick and I'm going to cast Bane. And as I do, I sort of play this circus music, but this time it's it's a little less happy and a little more nervous playing. So I'm messing up just a little bit, um, but the strings on my instrument start to glow violet and these colorful spotlights blink on over three creatures and they have to do a charisma saving throw. I'll pick three goblins to do this effect. Can one of them be the one that hit Mortis? I can do that. 13. Fails, so the light stays on over that goblin. 19. The light blinks off. And another one fails. So the spotlight stays on on those ones and they get minus 1d4 to their attacks. That is your action. Any other bonus action or movement? So for my bonus action, I'm going to start to play another song that's less circusy and more just my usual melancholic tunes. And the strings are going to kind of flicker with rainbow lights 
as I give Mortis Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> Hope you feel some inspiration from that. Blink twice if you like this. <laughs> Just statue Mortis like... <laughs> Can I take cover anywhere? You would have to go back to where Meepo is. Uh, she's just around the corner, but technically you would get cover. You could also just take cover behind me. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Could I do that? I'll give you three quarters cover. That's okay. All right, so you position yourself behind uh, Mortis. I imagine I like go behind Mortis and I'm like, it's all right, Mortis, you can do this. You can snap out of this. We need you right now. Next is another goblin. This one has the effect on top of him. Therefore, let's see who is he going to shoot first. Another arrow connects with another exposed area of Mortis. It does two piercing damage. And since you're already paralyzed, I will not make you <laughs> roll again. Double paralyzed. <laughs> it's permanent. Another goblin now. Another arrow flies, and as it does, connects with the third skin of Seeker. No! Causing a total of six points of damage, and you have to do a constitution saving throw. I failed. Did you roll an at one though? <laughs> I was about no. to ask that. I rolled it too. So I'm even more. That's pissed the worst off. outcome. The worst number. Yeah. <laughs> the new worst outcome. As the arrow pierces your skin, Seeker, it not only hurts, but the same effect starts to take place. Your muscles starts to tighten and you start to become unable to control your muscles, you are now paralyzed as well. Now it is another goblin. Arrow flies and it connects, scraping the side of Thorn, causing a total of two piercing damage. And I need Thorn to do a constitution saving throw. I got a 17. A weird numbling sensation takes hold upon the wound caused by the arrow. Thankfully, though, it's a numbing sensation that Thorn is able to ignore it and continue on. Now it is Seeker of the Wind. Please roll a constitution saving throw to see if you can escape the paralysis. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. I rolled a fucking three. Roll a one next time. Jeez. <laughs> You're gonna fail. Do it right. The paralysis continued to take hold of Seeker. Coming from around the corner, Meepo comes in as he is now certain he needs to help Meepo and Meepo's friends. Here comes the cavalry. We're screwed. <laughs> Meepo runs as quick as he can with his stubby legs up to the middle of the room. He then does a quick little slide as he tosses and turns what seems to be a garbage bag like that he uses as a backpack, grabs the bag, 
it seems to have some sort of like container that you don't know exactly what it is but then he brings both his hands up and behind his head and throws this container that actually lands just in front of the platform and as it does a shattering of glass takes place and you just hear as a swarm of wasps just comes in and that's Meepo's turn. Now I'm gonna go straight to the swarm that is gonna start attacking the goblins. Meepo really said tactical nuke incoming. <laughs> a cloud ascends and completely envelops one of the goblins. The goblin that starts swinging wildly and screaming at the same time takes a considerable amount of damage as you can see the reaction of the goblin getting stung by all these bees. But now it is Mortis's turn. Well, I'm gonna roll a con saving throw to see if I can not be useless. Alright. 18. The overall sense of stiffness starts to diminish. Although feeling somewhat numb, you are able to regain your muscle, your control back. Unfortunately, that is your action, but you're still able to use your movement if you want, and the bonus action as well. Mortis is going to reach to his side. He's going to unclasp the sheath of his greatsword and just let it drop to the ground. And then he's going to look over at the goblins and be like... We do not want to fight you. If you want us to go with you, we can surrender. Assessing the room, does Thorn get the vibe that in any way, shape, or form he could attempt to convince them to stop fighting? Or do they look pretty hell-bent on filling us with arrows? For this, I might have to do something a little bit out of turn. I'm going to ask Mortis to do a persuasion check. This will determine how many goblins will be dissuaded to stop fighting. That is a 15. Unfortunately, especially because combat already started and they already started attacking. Maybe one or two, but they're hell-bent on this. Thorn is gonna say in goblin, kind of, in more like pleading tone, he'll go... We don't have to fight. We used to work together. We used to be comrades together. Even though my family was exiled, we discovered that there's more outside that has to offer than constantly living in fear. We don't need others to fear us to be able to live in peace. We don't have to resort to violence in order to not have to struggle. There are better ways for us to do things. Please, you have to understand that we don't want to fight you. We just want to talk. And then Thorin is also gonna put down his weapons, which are two daggers, a hand axe, and his short bow, as well as his bundle of arrows. Roll a persuasion check. That's a dirty 20. Eight. This had seemed to have an effect. 
you see some of the goblins who have not shot yet their arrows to kind of look left and right as if they are not yet certain if they should fall through with this but this does not seem to have affected all of them uh and thorn will end his turn there the next goblin actually decides to not shoot and decides to wait and he looks at the boss the boss the one who were speaking to you glares at them and they kind of like jolt as if they were scared of the goblin boss and then continues to point but they have not shot they forego their attack then is the goblin boss and he screams at them in goblin what are you waiting for attack them you know what durna will do to you you know what grell will do to you more than they will do to them come on this clearly affects some of the goblins that were dissuaded by thorns plea um but not all of them you can still see one or two that are still a little bit conflicted next is another goblin the one that was affected by the bees it drops their short bow and goes straight for their scimitar trying to attack the bees ah yes nick cage goblin it swings wildly but it seems to have very little effect towards the swarm of flies and wasps that continues to attack them next is another goblin this one was affected by thorn but quickly brought back by the goblin boss and it shoots an arrow Methuselah, you're still behind Morris, who has not moved, so the three quarters is still applied, and he misses you by hitting Mortis. I'm sorry. Another one. This is a big hit. It lands exactly within the shell, like the angle hits just inside, and it hits on an area that hurts quite a bit, causing a total of eight piercing damage. And they do need you to roll a constitution saving throw. 12. The stiffness comes back, but with sheer strength from deep within you, maybe a little bit of help from she, you're able to turn this stiffness into numbness and you have control of your body. You do not let this poison take hold of you. Now it is the last goblin. This one is still dissuaded by Thorn. He decides to wait and see how things will play out. Top the round. This goblin was affected by Thorn as well, but, this, but brought back into the fold by the goblin boss. The shot flies and passes just by both Methuselah and Mortis, but it doesn't land anywhere near you guys. Methuselah, now it is your turn. Methuselah is going to notice how their positioning is kind of hurting Mortis more than anything, and they're gonna kind of walk out um, and take out their dagger and rapier and put them on the ground and be like, we don't want to fight. 
We're just here to find some friends. That'll be my turn. As it stands, three of you guys have unarmed yourselves. I will say, though, I do not put down Yorick. Yorick stays close to me. In response to that, three things take place. The goblins stops shooting. And now they are looking at you guys and glancing back to the goblin boss. Meeple looks confused at you guys and decides to run back because he is exposed and you guys don't want to fight. So his survival instinct is kicking in. He just scurries. Is the goblin boss that then speaks up in common. Wise decision then. All right. Kick off your weapons. Far away from you. After he says that, Thorn will say in Goblin, I remember when I still lived with the tribe, we struggled a lot and we lived in fear of the outsiders, but a lot of the times we never feared each other. I see the way that you're being talked to and the way that you say you don't fear anything but you'll fear the ones that are supposed to be leading you and protecting you. Is that any way to live? To live in fear of those who are supposed to guide you? This takes effect with the other goblins. They start to either look down, either embarrassed or maybe even thinking about a time long ago. But the goblin boss, he gets angered. His face starts to redden a little. And then he goes, in common still. Do you wish for us to continue? Kick off your weapons! It is Grell who let decide your fate. This last sentence he speaks in Goblin. So it's only Thorne who knows that this is directed towards. I don't kick my weapon away, I just take a step away from my rapier and dagger. Seeker can't do anything. <laughs> if anything, roll a constitution save for me. I think it's fair. 18. Seeker, you start to feel numbness where it once was stiffness, and now you start to slowly regain your movement. Seeker's gonna drop their rapier. Thorn kind of panics internally a little bit, not really knowing what to do. And so he kind of like starts to go back in his mind, searching for the comfort that he's so used to. Because you kind of allow yourself to return to that mind space, to that area of comfort within your mind, you hear a voice purring in the back and it says, if you wish my form, I can take over for you. You don't have to worry about this. I can take this pain away. Can Thorn roll a wisdom save? I want to see how strong he is in terms of whether or not he's going to fall back completely. Go right ahead. I got a 12. 
the way that I like to think is that Thorn is in a crossroads. They are so in pain because of everything that is taking place. The conflict from your people were once you were so fond of. It's giving you the clarity to understand that a lot has changed. You remember Grell, this very small and stubby goblin who used to pick on you for being so adventurous, for being always interested in going away. And they, he was the main reason why you were not as happy before. And he would whisper to the ears of his mother, Nell, who would, as a counselor towards the elders, end up being the cause as to why you guys had to run away. You knew that. You knew, but you guys had to leave before you could react. Because things were turning dangerous at that point. It's all because of this little-minded goblin. And it's hurting because this is the aftermath of a corrupted seed. But Thorn really want to let all of it go? What does Thorn want amidst this pain? But with clear determination, clearer than before, of what they need to do with their newfound friends, with this goal, with these people that they knew that are now maybe more danger than before. I think Thorn so deeply wants to remain in this clarity, but he feels so small compared to problems that are so much bigger than him and problems that have become so complex in the time that he's gone, much like before when he was literally exiled, he feels like an outsider where he used to belong. And I think that's enough for him to just allow his patron to take over. Because even if he's powerless, he can hand himself over to someone who does have power. Allowing yourself to go into a dream of color and peace and happiness gives you comfort and allows yourself to let go. A purr and laugh accompanies you during this escape. But this purr and laugh is not only in your mind anymore, as your companions see Thorn starting to purr and laugh in a weird, deeper voice. Their hair starts to stand up in a weird way. 
the orange starts to become more vibrant. The green sideburns poofs up as if it was the tail of a cat when they are in a agitated state. Foreign is just a few steps ahead of you guys. So you unfortunately you don't see. But the expression of the goblins in front of you allows you to understand that something is afoot. For they start to show signs of fear. They see the glowing cat eyes from within Form's ocular orbit. And the purring voice takes place. You upset it, my Thorn. Now it's my time to play. The goblins are stunned. Even the goblin boss is with their mouth agape. And with that, Thorn jumps like a cat. It just seems to ascend and does a small clap of their hands and does a screech like a hiss that turns into a weird vibrational sound mostly a wave of complete violet color emanates from within Thorn's voice in this wave just unleashes unfathomable power in front of you guys as it impacts the wasps the goblins they all just are pushed backwards their eyes roll back as it does so and with that they all receive an absorbent amount of damage Thorn, roll for me 14 d6s. <laughs> okay, I need. Come on, boys, pay your debts. <laughs> That's the sound of the consequences of my action. That is a total of 50 damage. Everything's very fast as the conflict takes a sudden end with your night visions but even for mortis who does not have night vision you guys get to see this strong wave of intense magical power wash over these people push them back with the sheer force of it their eyes roll back and as they are bathed in this energy, it is a few, no more than two seconds before the purple violet immense light diminishes. But you guys saw as the entire back wall is covered red with their heads 
of the goblins exploding. You guys understand, even though it was so fast, what just happened. Then, the little feet of Thorn lands on the cobblestone. They turn around to look at you, and now you guys see the very red and orange and yellow cat-like eyes that are glowing like a little bit brighter than candlelight towards you. And the smile that stretches so much it hurts you to see how wide the smile is. A smile that would be impossible for Thorn to be doing themselves. They then tilt their head looking at you guys. Unfortunately, you've reached the end of this episode of The Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, and be sure to catch the next installment of The Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12pm EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corden from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast, and the world of Nosamundos was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern. Now take this bardic inspiration for your next adventure. <laughs>